Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your guide to news in Chicago and beyond. There have been more than 100 mass shootings across the country since the massacre at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, in May. Again, that's not 100 mass shootings this year. It's 100 just since Uvalde. And with the start of school just around the corner, many families might be more apprehensive about the first day of classes than they've been in previous years. So today, a month after the mass shooting at the 4th of July parade in Highland Park, we'll learn how school officials in North Shore are getting ready for the fall semester and the mental health measures and safety precautions that are in place for students. Joining us now is Michael Lubelfeld, the superintendent of School District 112. Your district goes back to class in just a few weeks. How are you feeling about the start of the school year? Well, I'm very excited about the start of the school year. Uh, Each year we get a do-over in public education, and we have a chance to, to give everyone the absolute best opportunities each year. Obviously, my heart goes out to everybody impacted by the 4th of July incident in Highland Park. Every victim had a tie to our school system and to our city of Highland Park and Highwood. My heart goes out, my condolences go out, and my thoughts and prayers go out. In addition, as superintendent of schools, I'm proud to have the opportunity to share with you what goes on beyond thoughts and prayers and what we're doing to get ourselves ready to make sure uh, people are feeling safer as they enter our schools. How's your mental health been? Oh, thank you so much for asking. I've got a real nice support network, a super family, great wife and kids, and um, my teams here in the district have been helping. So I've been a lot more stressed than usual, although I have very nice outlets to help keep me uh, balanced. Thanks for asking. That was Absolutely. So you've done a round of meetings you know, to hear public comment from community members. What kinds of things are they saying? Well, we have uh, members of the public who speak to us publicly at our board meetings. We have members of the public who send us email. I've met in person with some members of the public. Uh, Feelings and emotions are all over the place, Sasha. We have some folks who say school will be good because it gets the children back in their routine. We have others who say right now people are, are still very traumatized by the events. They were there and they're fearful of large public spaces. So we've got this entire continuum. We have some folks asking what we've done, what we are doing and what we're going to do. And we have others with very precise and specific suggestions and recommendations for implementation. So let's start going through this uh, memo that you sent out to district families. In one part, you stressed a desire to create a, quote, predictable school environment. How can you do that in the midst of so much unknown, Superintendent? Well, um, we we align our safety and mental health uh, recommendations and actions to the Illinois um, terrorism task force school safety group. And I'm sorry, we even have to use words like that, but after Parkland in 2018, the Illinois terrorism task force got together and made recommendations for people like myself that involve behavioral threat assessment protocols, hardening or securing of facilities protocols and response protocols in schools. So what's predictive here in district 112 at our 10 school campuses is that we have in fact behavioral threat assessments and we're increasing the number of social workers and psychologists this year to handle what we're anticipating as a higher load with respect to hardening of facilities. 
in addition to our Blue Point security system, which is a multi-jurisdictional um, uh, police response to an active event, we've also upped the ante with secure entry vestibules. We're standardizing how you get in. Uh, we're standardizing a bit more assertive. Hi, how are you? Can I help you? Why are you here? Protocols. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're com- co- completing another comprehensive safety and security audit with a uh, school security expert firm, and I've brought their consultants on ground literally today and last week and the week prior. Uh, In addition, we're working with the Department of Justice Office of Victim Support specifically to get guidance on how to function as a public school system after a mass violence incident. We have trauma-informed practices, so our teachers and our staff are receiving their own trauma, you know, preparation and and, and review as well as how Mm -hmm. to help handle kids. We also have increased the number of reporting tools for staff and students. The predictability is schools are routine. School is going to be a place of joy, safety, and good health. And school is a place where the children can focus on education and the adults can focus on um, facilitating that. So I hope I hope that helps. We can break it down as you see fit. Yeah. You, um, you talk also about the steadfast, coherent communication. Yes. Why is that one of your goals? And and what are the metrics for that? Okay. So we have, gosh, in Highland Park and Highwood, we serve a population of, of, you know, 30 to 40,000 people, about 25% actually are are involved with the school. So you've got a big disconnect of the parents in the schools who are getting all of our messages and getting all of our communications. So they know, number one, we hurt and we feel with them. All right. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a person, not just the superintendent of schools. I care. I get it. There's fear. So I want to make sure they know, A, we're aware. B, we're listening. C, we're meeting with people we don't normally meet with, like the Department of Justice. So they understand we're taking this very seriously at a higher level. D, I want to make sure that we're giving our messages, we're clarifying our messages, and we're repeating our messages, Sasha. So it's the same message. I'm not confusing. I'm not surprising. I'm not going back and forth. You'll see a common thread in each of the messages aligned to the areas to address from the Illinois Terrorism Task Force. The coherence is I'm not the expert in all things school safety. I'm an expert in education, but I'm an expert in finding out who is an expert and who guides people like myself. So the coherence is, you know, getting the right themes in place and making sure the personnel uh, who work with me and for me are following up on these guidelines and helping us and making sure we keep telling the folks what we're doing so parents have a greater clarity as what it will be like when their children enter our schools in a few weeks. You know, as you talked a moment ago, Superintendent, about the the different safety precautions and and safeguards that will be put in place I wonder how it'll feel walking the halls for the kids. Is it is it going to feel, gosh, like they're in jail? Like, you know, is, is it going to be that militant? No, Sasha, and I'm glad you asked. First of all, we ran summer school July 5th. It was a huge decision to make. We ran summer school. We had extra personnel on staff, extra counseling personnel on staff. Yeah. We met with the teachers and staff prior. We met, we had the kids. We We ran a school of more than 500 students in July after this mass shooting to make students realize school was still a safe and joyous place. Mm -hmm. Now we had extra personnel outside. We wanted to make sure our staff felt more comfortable and everything going forward this year, you're going to see things like bollards, um, um, either planters or other things that, that are somewhat conspicuous just as a gesture to make sure, you know, a vehicle couldn't enter into the school. So as an example, 
it's not really um, anything that's scary, you know, yeah. or frightening to anybody. In the school vestibules, the students may not notice this, but visitors will. You can't enter into the vestibule anymore unless you're buzzed in by a, a school personnel. Yeah. You always weren't able to be buzzed into the building itself, but the vestibule was open. Not, not anymore. Now, that's not like a prison. That's just like a school with a bit more enhancements in terms of security. In addition, a lot of the actions are internal. We're looking at door locking mechanisms that have sensors and alarms. Those are not really visible to the public, but they're going to be real visible to personnel, meaning right. if somebody propped a door open, you know, we're going to get an alarm. And that obviously would be, uh, you know, very serious and subject to discipline and all that. So a lot of this is going to be behavior. Now, are we investigating and researching weapons detection systems and things like that? Yes. Are we going to be planning to implement them immediately? Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe so, but I have another special board meeting Thursday and everything's on the table. The issue here is schools are not prisons. Schools are not fortresses. However, Schools can be fortified in terms of hardening of facilities. We also have upped our mental health and outreach and psychological view. Yeah. And we're also looking at our response protocols and emergency planning. So some of the stuff will be visible and physical and some of it will not be. But I can assure you the predictability is we're upping the ante on our awareness of yeah. and need for vigilance. Thank you for that clarification. And, and just so you're aware, as a parent, I personally love hearing all of this, right? I, I, I want to hear that my kid will be safe throughout the day, right? If you have to ask me some extra questions at the door, that's the very least. Let's dig in, Superintendent, a bit more to the steps that you're taking to address students' mental health. Tell us Absolutely. about the decision there to, you know, you're spending a lot of resources on this. We are. Um, the, the students' mental health is absolutely and unequivocally the most important health we have. Learning cannot take place until or unless students are feeling safe and are in conditions of safety and our teachers um, being in those conditions, too. We like to say that we Maslow before Bloom, referring to Abraham Maslow's um, psychological needs theories versus Benjamin Bloom, cognitive needs. We have uh, things in place called Second Step. It's a social-emotional curriculum. We have Calm Classroom where we teach mindfulness. We're starting something called Sown to Grow, which is going to be a weekly or regular check-in. How are you feeling? How are you doing? How did you like the lesson? We have increased um, some of our training of crisis prevention. We also do what's called a universal screener. And in English, that means we give every child a test on their mental health. How do you feel? Are there threat indicators? Does someone need more help? And we, we, we've got the resources and the trained personnel inside and outside to help. We're working with the Illinois State Board of Education that's connecting us, for example, to Lurie's Children's Hospital, which has a social emotional learning um, uh, pro, pro, uh, portal that, that we're able to access for in real time help. We are partnering with Text a Tip, Safe to Help Illinois, and we're investigating Stop It and Help Me to not only have places for children to report safely and confidentially 24-7, but also to make sure we've got counseling support outside of the schools. Um, right now, we have trauma-informed training going on with our teachers and staff. Uh, we also are planning parent workshops on trauma and mm -hmm. on emotions this year. Um, and with our active shooter training, which was required by law, 
it is going to be sensitive. We're going to have a counseling staff social worker with us. No surprises. And we're going to make sure parents know about this before we do it. We also have ongoing training about threat assessments if children demonstrate at-risk behaviors. Yeah, you're, you're encouraging folks to spot warning signs. What sorts of things should they be looking out for? Uh, anyone, any child that is researching weapons or how to um, you know, do something dangerous, any self-harm or harm of others, no, no longer, not, not that you ever could joke about that, but, but if, if your child says that, re- reach out and talk to somebody because they know from school that you can't make these comments um, at all. Uh, any drawings that, that look a little bit violent, any withdrawal signs, any substance use or abuse, these are all signs and they can't be ignored. Reach out and tell somebody. Yeah. We'd rather have a whole series of false alarms that people had us investigate than not hearing about it at all. How are you collaborating with local and state agencies here? Well, I'll tell you, I communicate almost daily or weekly with our state representatives and state senators here in the 58th and and 29th districts, respectively. They've been incredible um, um, policy and and advocacy. I'm in regular contact with the city manager of Highland Park, uh, police chief of Highland Park. We have great relations with the, the folks in Highwood as well. Um, work with the park district staff, the library staff. I'm going to a meeting tomorrow with the Lake County Sheriff and the Regional Office of Education. So literally almost on a daily basis and definitely on a weekly basis, I communicate with other superintendents too. There's really no surprises behind the scenes in what we're all trying to do and advocate for safe, mentally healthy and physically predictable safe school Mm -hmm. sites for each and every child and adult coming through. What do you want families and students listening now to know as they prepare for the first day? Our schools are ready for our students. Our schools are looking forward to welcoming our students, teachers, staff, and parents back. Elementary school is a place of joy, safety, and security, and to the degree possible, practical, and able, we are taking recommendations from experts, from the evidence, from research where it exists, and we're doing everything in our power and knowledge to make implementations especially aligned with the Illinois Terrorism Task Force, Mm -hmm. behavioral threat assessments, hardening of our facilities, and response protocols in schools. We're ready to welcome back everyone for the 22 school year. And before I let you go, Superintendent, COVID is also on our minds, right? Especially parents. How are you approaching COVID safety this year? Well, we've um, we we last year oh, during the pandemic invested over a million dollars in indoor air quality assessments and interventions, and we are very proud of the improvement in indoor air quality that we have put forth. And we're going to continue to encourage hand washing. We're going to have our indoor air quality, and we're simply going to encourage vaccinations and boosters per the Illinois, pardon me, the uh, Lake County Health Department messaging. We're going to amplify that messaging and move forward in that regard. That was Michael Lubelfeld, superintendent of North Shore School District 112. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Best wishes. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen. That's all for today's Reset. Want to stay up to date on the week's other top stories? Stick with this podcast. We drop new episodes into your feed every weekday afternoon and Saturdays too. And if you're already subscribed, let us know what you think by leaving a rating and review. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll be back here with more tomorrow.
Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.